another episode of the ring scoops podcast here on ringscoops.com and wherever else that you listen to your favorite podcasts i'm your host the webmaster wade needham and i'd like to thank you guys for tuning in for taking time out of your busy schedules in your busy lives uh to dedicate some time here to listen to the ring scoops podcast thank you so much there's a lot of choices out there of, of podcasts to listen to and if you're listening to this, you chose Ring Scoops, and I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. All right, so we've got a lot of news topics to talk about here on this episode of the Ring Scoops podcast, the second one of 2022. Here we go. Without further ado, the first news item of the episode Cody Rhodes. Is he a free agent? Is he with the. AEW roster? Is he going back to the WWE? Will he go back to Impact Wrestling? Will he have some kind of hand in Ring of Honor? We don't know. But, it will say this though. Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com said that Cody Rhodes' contract with AEW expired at the end of 2021 that technically makes him a free agent. Not the kind of free agent the Sting was in 96, but an actual, legitimate, a free agent. He's working for AEW right now without a written contract. It's a verbal agreement, according to Sean Rossap of Fightful.com. That's a very interesting uh, situation here for Cody Rhodes. It's an interesting situation for, for Tony Khan and for all elite wrestling and and anyone else related to that. Even Brandy Rhodes. Interesting uh, situation for, for Miss Brandy Rhodes. Um, in response to a comment that Cody won't leave AEW due to his uh, Warner Media television projects, um, Sean Ross Sapp wrote, quote, John Cena is a WWE wrestler with two shows on Warner Media platforms. End quote. So uh, pretty much in regards to Cody's status as a uh, EVP as well, a source told Fightful, uh, quote, he's a free agent with no contract with a- AEW at the moment, end quote. That's a very good point. John Cena is a WWE wrestler, and he has shows on Warner Media platforms. See, people think that just because you're signed to, like, you know, AEW or WWE that you, you, you can't be on other TV networks and, and whatnot and all that kind of stuff. That's not true. It's two different things. Um, you know, and plus, even if there were any exclusive stuff, you could still work things out. You could talk to each other. Mickey James is a contract that Impact Star that's going to be appearing in the Royal Rumble. All right? I think it's just been 
few and far between since we've seen this kind of stuff in relation to the world of professional wrestling that it's kind of foreign to us at the moment now. Which is a good thing, because it, it adds mystique to what's going on. Um, there's a lot of talk about you know going into the Royal Rumble this year, about this uh, Forbidden Door thing. It's, that's a buzzword, or two buzzwords really, a buzz phrase if you will. Uh, in the last year that's been heavily used uh, in wrestling and in the internet wrestling community is Forbidden Door because of the re- working relationship last year that AEW had with uh, you know a, a handful of promotions. And now WWE this year announces, you know, like Mickey James, Impact Knockouts Champion, will be in the Royal Rumble and there's a lot of rumors circulating around that there's going to be another quote-unquote forbidden door in the men's Royal Rumble this year. And that kind of spins back around right here to the topic that we're talking about, which is Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes being a free agent. You think Cody Rhodes will be in the Royal Rumble? Because I think recently Cody had... uh, put a tweet out there saying he was working on something that that nobody would think would happen or something like this something big that's going to you know create a big buzz um but you know we're all getting worked up I'm getting worked up right now I'm working myself into a shoot with this right um and it's very easy to do in the internet wrestling community to work yourself into a shoot um yeah, I had a I had a discussion with uh, with my buddy McAvall. Everybody knows McAvall has been on the show plenty of times. It, you know he's due for another appearance. It's been been a long, long time since we had Mac on the show. Um, maybe he and I will do our Royal Rumble predictions next week together. But uh, I was talking with Mac uh, just a few days ago about you know who could possibly be like in the Royal Rumble and whatnot. And Mac was uh, telling me that you know he thinks that that CM Punk is uh, going to be in the Royal Rumble. And uh, while I agree that that would be a huge surprise, it would get a lot of people talking, I think a more realistic um, or a better chance of happening would be a guy like a Cody Rhodes. Uh, I don't think Mac, <laughs> I don't think he agreed with me on that, but that's that's fine. We both can agree to disagree. He's got CM Punk. I've got Cody Rhodes. If there is going to be anybody from AEW showing up in the Royal Rumble, I think it would be Cody Rhodes for many reasons. I think he's more approachable. I think he'd be more open to the idea. I think um, because of the past between you know AEW and WWE, Triple H and Cody, and a lot of structuring, restructuring going on in the WWE and how... You know, a lot of Triple H projects or anything that Triple H has involvement in is kind of being given the shaft, right? And that's kind of like up Cody Rhodes' alley. Cody Rhodes has always been a big middle finger uh, to Triple H. So the timing of that works out great. His contract's expired, apparently, you know, uh, due to the Fightful report that says that. Um, So I think Cody is a huge uh contender to be you know anybody that's going to be in the AEW roster if they're going to be in the rumble I think Cody is going to be the guy so that's my thoughts on that I'd love to know what you guys think hit me up on Twitter at ring scoops Instagram at ring scoops you know 
let's uh, let's talk about this, man. Let's talk about this. Uh, another thing I wanted to talk about here on the podcast, real quick, too. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be running real long on this one. Uh, it's, it's very brief, uh, and that is the the segments on Raw. The segments every week on Monday Night Raw between Vince McMahon and Austin Theory. Vince McMahon is kind of like taking Austin Theory like under his wing. I, I I don't know if that's like the right phrase, uh, but he's 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 giving a shine to him. You know what I mean? Uh, he's he's giving him pep talks every week. He's giving him advice. He's giving him ultimatums. He's he's pretty much trying to light a fire under Austin Theory's ass, trying to get him to uh, pick up victories and make a name for himself and create that magic and those moments and whatnot. And Austin Theory is trying to make Vince happy. He is he's he's running through hoops to make Vince happy. He's bending over backwards to make Vince happy. And this is kind of like suggesting to me possibly that maybe this is a this is a big rib on everybody that's ever been employed or contracted uh, to the WWE, right? Reach for that that brass ring, right? The glass ceiling, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, doing everything you possibly can to you know appease Vince McMahon and put a smile on his face, make him happy, and get that you know that famous you know gorilla position hug you know, from Vince McMahon or a thumbs up from Vince. Uh, that's kind of like what this whole Austin Theory and Vince McMahon thing reminds me of. But I would have to say this, because I'm recording this at 11.14 p.m. on um, on Monday, January 17th, 2022. Monday Night Raw, for me, here on the West Coast, ended 14 minutes ago. Just to let you guys know, timestamp, boom when I'm recording this uh, in relation to anything that's happened. But tonight, on Monday Night Raw, Vince McMahon threatened Austin Theory. He told him he better win his match. His match against Finn Balor. He better win that match. He better make a name for himself. He better impress Vince. Or else, Vince is going to have Austin Theory's body dragged to his office in Stamford, Connecticut. And he's going to beat him to a pulp. And he's going to bloody him up. And he's going to tear his face off. And he's going to... He's going to just kick his ass. Right? And then, Vince said, after he does that, he's going to... He's going to grab his phone. Vince is going to grab his phone. Vince is going to turn the phone on. He's going to open up that camera. And he's going to take a selfie with the bloody body of Austin Theory. But that's not all. There's more. What do we have behind door number three? Vince McMahon said, after he pulps him up, bloodies him up to a pulp, 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 pulp fiction, after Vince takes the selfie, he's going to send it to Austin Theory's mother. Hmm. Huh. That rat bastard. Pardon my language here, but that motherfucker. Vince McMahon is going to beat up Austin Theory if he doesn't make a name for himself. He's going to take a picture and he's going to send it to Austin Theory's mama. Damn, man. That's cruel. That's cold. Damn. I know it's January. It's wintertime, Vince. 
But Jesus Christ, man, that's that's like that's as cold as a glacier. That's as cold as the glacier that took down the Titanic, brother. Come on now. I love it though. I love it. These segments with Austin Theory and Vince McMahon to me is a highlight of Monday Night Raw every week. I am enjoying these segments very much. Tonight's segment where Vince threatened Austin Theory was so gold that they need to package this up and store it in Fort Knox. Okay? I'm digging it. I am digging it. If anybody from the WWE is listening to this podcast right now, which I highly doubt, but if anybody from the WWE, I highly doubt anybody's listening to this damn thing, but if there anybody from WWE is listening to this right now, okay, I want you guys to know that if there is anybody in the world that is very happy with these segments, if there's anybody in the world that's entertained, it is this guy right here, the webmaster Wade Needham. I guarantee you that. All right, moving on to some more news. Rey Mysterio. Ooh, what's going on with Rey Mysterio? It's a good question, right? Well, I may have an answer for you. Rey Mysterio apparently has been announced, or not, I don't know if it's announced or if the information got leaked. I'm still confused as to what's going on because, like, Everything that's going on, everybody's acting like it's been officially confirmed and all that stuff, but I haven't seen anything from uh, 2K about this. But uh, I guess uh, covers of the WWE 2K22 video game have been released, and Rey Mysterio is on two different covers. He's on a normal cover, and he's on a deluxe edition cover. And uh, i got to say, the art style, hopefully these are legit because it looks really cool. Um, the uh, the normal one has uh, an action shot of Rey Mysterio in midair. It's very colorful. Um, it, it just it looks really wild. It looks really really cool. And it, like if they were to add like some holographic stuff to it, where you kind of moving around and like different you know colors and lights and all that stuff, I think it would look really really cool. Uh, and then the deluxe edition is the same art style, but it's a close-up shot of Rey Mysterio's face and his mask and all that stuff. Um, and, it, and information about WWE 2K22 has been uh, released or leaked or, or whatever, uh, and I got some information for you guys right here. So it says that there's uh, standard and deluxe editions of the game will be released with different covers for each, as I as I said. Uh, there will also there is also said to be an NWO for life version of the game, but there's no word yet on who will be on that cover. Beginning on Tuesday, March eighth, WWE and 2K will reportedly offer three days of early access to users who pre-order the game. Pre-orders for the deluxe edition will include the Undertaker Immortal DLC pack and the 2K Season Pass. The Taker Immortal DLC includes three extra Taker Personas, Phantom Mask, Lord of Darkness, and Boneyard, plus My Faction Evo cards for Taker, and perks and bonuses for My Faction. So, that's... Apparently, the information that we have right now, I think 2K is waiting for the Rumble to officially, like, maybe have a new trailer or announce, you know, some new stuff. Uh, the game should be released in the next anywhere between 60 and 90 days, 
uh, from what I remember the announcement being that it was going to happen um, in late first quarter, early second quarter of uh, 2022, which would be, you know, March, April, uh, WrestleMania time, most likely, right? Uh, I think it would be great. I think it would be great if it happened then. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's been a long time since WWE has had, you know, one of these, like, real simulation-style 2K games. Um, because they did have the Battlegrounds game that came out in 2020. I enjoyed that game. It was fun. Um, I'll be honest, I haven't played it in a while. Maybe I should. Maybe I'll play it tomorrow. Um, but, I, you know, it wasn't a bad game. It was a, a really enjoyable game. The price point was was very well. Um, I had I had a, a coupon to get 10 bucks off of it, so I think I spent, I think it was like uh, 25 or, or 30 bucks on the game. Uh, it, you know, it wasn't it wasn't bad. But, uh, you know, with all this good stuff, or I mean, some people may, say, may may think it's good. Some people may not think it's good. Some people may not like this kind of stuff that's going out. As a matter of fact, I know some people don't like uh, any of this that has been uh, let out of the bag about 2K22 because there's been a lot of hate on social media for Rey Mysterio because he's on the cover. So there's a lot of hate. Um and it's it here's the sad thing, all right? Like if you're pissed off that he is on the cover and your favorite is not on the cover, I I could see why you'd be mad. I mean, you want your favorite to be on the cover, right? You'd be mad at 2K. That's fine. I, I got no issue with that. But there's there's a handful of people out there that are actually ha- they have like hate for Rey Mysterio himself because he's on the cover. And that doesn't make any sense to me. It's not like Rey Mysterio waltzed into Take-Two Interactive Games and said, hey, uh, you're going to put me on the cover, okay? Otherwise, I'm going to 619 all you motherfuckers. He didn't do that. He he doesn't make the decision. People are tearing down Rey Mysterio's wrestling ability. This guy's a legend. This guy's been doing this for, for decades, since he was a kid. He was brought up in the business. It's in his blood. I don't understand the hate going on with Rey Mysterio on social media with this, man. Y'all wild. Y'all crazy. Y'all are crazy. All right. Switching gears. Mustafa Ali. You guys like Mustafa Ali? I like him. I think he's a, a great talent in the ring. I think he's grossly underutilized in the WWE. And apparently he thinks so as well. He's very self-aware of that. Mustafa Ali issued out the following statement on his social media accounts this week. Quote, I have a message that is much bigger than my dreams in pro wrestling. Despite my best efforts, I will not be able to deliver this message while working with WWE. Therefore, I am requesting my release from WWE. End quote. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Mustafa Ali wants his release from the WWE. And if I'm not mistaken, I think WWE publicly announced at one point, or somebody in WWE had publicly stated 
that if any talent were to request their release and WWE has no plans for them and does not want to keep them, that they will be more than happy to grant uh, that person their release. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, Mustafa Ali, since he's been drafted to SmackDown in the last draft, he's not been seen on WWE television since October of 2021. I would assume that since it's been that many months that they don't have plans for him and they may not want him. So I would expect them to release this man. And um, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Mustafa Ali's uh, in-ring work. Uh, his uh, he, he seems like a very stand-up guy in and out of the ring. And he has my full support on everything that, that he wants to do. Uh, he's a very, very cool guy. From what, it, from what I seem. Um, so, you know, in the ring, that's all I can really comment. I don't know the guy personally. But from what I've heard, what I've seen, his character on, on social media and whatnot. And when I say character, I don't mean his wrestling persona. I mean like his moral character. He seems like a very, very cool guy. So, there you go. You got that. Uh, let's see. We've got, uh, I got two more things I want to talk about here. Um, John Cena. John Cena. Ooh, everybody loves a little John Cena tea, don't you? It's not the kind of tea that you're thinking of here. This is actually a really, really cool story about John Cena. Veteran WWE superstar John Cena recently spoke with ESPN's Pardon My Take and discussed his social media accounts. Cena is known to follow a large number of random people on Twitter and Instagram, and he revealed why that he follows so many. Here's what John Cena had to say. Quote, I use Twitter. I use Instagram. It's tough to follow the timelines because of how many people I follow. But I'm trying to learn more about the world. I just went into a rabbit hole following EDM, dance culture, and non-fungible tokens, and also Twitch streamers, because I know nothing about any of these avenues of the world. Just like people may not know about WWE. Like, oh, isn't that the fake stuff where this happens? But there's fandom there, and there's passion there, and performers and stories. A lot of times we're explaining to people, yo, check out how many people follow me. I'm really glad to say that 364,000 people allow me to follow them, and I'm learning a little bit about each and every person as I go. End quote. I think that's really cool, man. I really do. I'll tell you this. Like two years ago, I was very surprised I woke up one morning, grabbed my phone. I was checking social media, as I do usually in the mornings. And uh, I had I had received a, a notification on Twitter that stated that John Cena was following the Ring Scoops account. And at first I thought, yo, all right. This is fake because there's a lot of Stan accounts out there, right? A lot of uh, you know, role players and con men and con women and all that stuff out there, right? When I clicked it, it had the check mark. I said, well, holy crap, this really is John Cena. John Cena's following ring scoops. That's cool, man. Then, like, uh, you know, throughout you know the weeks and whatnot, I mean, it's still up to this day, every once in a while I still see somebody tweet out, holy crap, John Cena's following me. And, like, I remember that feeling that morning. It's a good feeling. It's really cool. I have a lot of respect for John Cena. So I know he's following ring scoops. I know he's following quite a few other people that I follow as well. 
And now for him to explain that and, and even like talk about some of the stuff that he recently, you know, fell down the rabbit hole, right? Like EDM dance culture. EDM. Okay. Check this out. I'm marked out for that. I'm marked out for that for a big reason. I'm really into EDM. I'm really into electronic music, right? Ever since I was, uh, God, how old was I? Um, 12 years old? 12 or 13? Maybe 11? I don't know. When the movie Hackers came out, okay, in 95, that movie opened up a new world for me. For two things. It opened up two worlds for me. One, I became very interested in computers and technology, right? And that, I mean, that opened up the door for what I'm doing here right now. Last 22 years, running ring scoops, doing a podcast, having a website, doing all this tech stuff, right? Opening up a, a VR chat world, learning new things about technology. But there's another thing the movie Hackers did for me. It opened up the world to a new genre of music that I had never heard before. Growing up, I listened to rap, I listened to country, I listened to rock. Okay? I listened to those. Those were like the three main things. Like my parents were really into, you know, they loved they loved the country and the oldies and all that stuff. My brother Ryan, he had a, a phase where he was really heavily into the country. Like he did uh square dance and all that stuff, you know. He'd go out to the Grange and do all that stuff. My brother Anthony was like really, really into rap. Like I, I felt very very cultured with a lot of stuff growing up that my parents and my brothers listened to. I feel, I feel very good about that, right? Very blessed that I grew up with that stuff. And then as I was coming into my own, and I discovered stuff like the movie Hackers that got me into EDM. And then, you know, there was a period of time I, I kind of stopped listening to it, but then, you know, in the last six, seven years, I got back into listening to it heavily, following the scene again, getting to know, you know, the newer uh, artists, the newer DJs and stuff that are out, and I've been fortunate enough to be able to go to some of these festivals and raves, um, you know, Insomniac, I, I've, I've been to uh, Countdown at uh, the National Orange Show, um, Psycho Escape Circus. Uh, I, I've, I've been to that one. Uh, I've been to two EDCs out in Vegas. Just had a phenomenal time at all these. Beyond Wonderland. Oh my God, Beyond Wonderland was one of my favorites. But getting into the culture, you know, I've I've made candy. I've made the bracelets. I've made masks. Uh, I've gotten into, you know, doing uh, perler bead art. It's a lot of fun. And to see that John Cena fell down that same rabbit hole it it's cool man it's like when you're listening to the radio and the dj you know comes out after a song and starts talking about something locally in your area and you really start listening to it even more because you're like dude that's home that's what i get right here and then him also mentioning twitch streamers because i've been streaming on twitch the last you know four or five years it just it hits home it feels good to know that John Cena is taking time out to learn more about people. What if what if John Cena is scrolling through Twitter one night and he sees one of my tweets and then he falls down a rabbit hole and he gets into something that he's never been into before and it becomes a big part of his life. 
big part of the fabric of what makes John Cena. Now, I wouldn't know that, but the energy in the world would know that. And I would have a hand in that. Because you never know who you reach. I've had people come to me when I was working shows, when I was doing commentary for for promotions out here in Southern California. I'd had people come up to me and say, hey man, you've inspired me. I've been following you since No DQCAW. Now you're here, you're doing this. I want to do this. I'm getting into it. I've had people that have told me that. I've had people that were training to be wrestlers that would come up to me and say, dude, when I was a kid, I listened to you do commentary for No DQCAW. Here I am training. I want you to call one of my matches. And I would call one of their matches and make their dream come true. And it makes my dream come true because that was the reason why I started Ring Scoops was to make friends online. Friends, like-minded friends that love professional wrestling. Friends that love the same kind of movies and TV shows and music and all that kind of stuff. That was the big core reason why I started Ring Scoops in 2000. That's what it's all about. It's about interpersonal relationships with other people, with fellow mankind. So, John Cena, thank you for the explanation of why you follow so many people on social media. I really appreciate it. And if you do come across any of my tweets on the Ring Scoops account, or if you want to follow my personal one, at Wade Needham, feel free to do so. If you, if you stumble across any of my tweets, let me know, man. Please let me know. I do John Cena, if you're listening to this right now, big chance he's not. John Cena, if you're listening to this right now, dude, I would love to have a freaking chill conversation with you, bro either on the phone, on Discord, on Zoom, any venue that you want. We can get on VR chat on the Oculus Quest 2. I don't care. I want to I shoot the shit with you for a little bit, man. If it's a minute, if it's five minutes, if it's an hour, come on, man. John Cena, bro. Me and you. Come on. Open invitation. You can be on the show. You can be on the podcast. I would love to have you on the podcast. Let's shoot the shit, John. Come on, buddy. Come on. All right. Uh, moving on to the last topic here, which is, you know, this is crazy, guys. I'll tell you this, an hour and a half ago, almost two hours ago, I took a sleeping pill. It was starting to kick in a little bit. It may not sound like it. The, it this, is a, this is a different sleeping pill. It's not Ambien. The last time I did a recording uh, on Ambien, which was like 11, 12 years ago, I was very, very loopy. Very loopy. I'm a little bit more you know, focused uh, this time around. Anyway, it's too much info. Uh, I'm starting to get loopy again. But, all right, last thing I want to talk about, ring scoops on VR chat. Uh, news out there for you guys, if you've been following the last three weeks of development on the ring scoops arena for VR chat, from my understanding, the arena is now available. It's not publicly listed. It is available it's a private world on VR chat. Uh, you can get to it, but you can't find it like through a public search in VR chat. First off, let me tell you that guys this too. VR chat is not just for a VR headset. You can play VR chat on a computer. You don't need a VR headset. You can play it on the computer. And guess what? On the VR headset and on the computer, it is a hundred percent free. 
you don't have to pay for it. If you sign up for it, you don't have to put any credit cards. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to do any of that stuff. You sign. You put your email address. You pick a username, your password. You confirm it. Boom. You're in. That's all you need. A computer or a VR headset. A VR headset really maximizes the whole world of VR chat. But you can still get all those features on a computer. And I highly recommend it because it is a fantastic program. It it does have toxic areas. I'll be very, very honest and transparent about that. You can just avoid that, though. Just like on social media, you can run into some toxic people. Just mute them. That's all you got to do is mute them. You won't be able to hear them. You can only see their avatars running around. You don't have to listen to them. But VR chat, man, it's really cool. But if you go on a VR chat and you search for ring scoops, the only thing that's going to come up right now is probably my user profile, which you can add me as a friend. I've got no problem with that. Go for it. Add me as a friend. The more the merrier. But if you want to be in the arena, since it's currently privately listed, you have to have a direct link to it. You can get more info on the website, ringscoops.com. It's right there. Scroll down a little bit. There's like underneath the big splash image, right next to the Twitter feed, there's like three buttons. There's one for the card game. There's one for the uh, the apparel shop. And then there's, boom, right there at the top of the three for the VR chat arena, 100% free. You don't have to pay for it. You don't even have to have a VR headset. You can be on the computer and go in there and enjoy it, ladies and gentlemen. The Ring Scoops Arena on VR Chat. You can walk down that ramp. You can get in the ring. You can watch from the crowd. There's a concession stand. There's a merchandise stand. You can go to the commentary table. Guess what? You can sit in any of the commentary chairs. You get the full view of what it's like to be at the commentary table in an arena. And what I just added today... The Ring Scoops Championship belt is an official prop that you can pick up and carry around in that arena. You could throw it. You could you 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 and your friend can go in there and you guys can play catch with the Ring Scoops Championship. Just boop, just pitch it to each other. Go for it. Do it. There's physics in there. How cool is that? How cool is that? The arena it's going to be constantly updated with new features, too. Here are some of the features that I want to get working. I can't promise that they will officially be in the game or in the world, but I'm going to let you know this is what I'm going to be working on. This is what I want to add to the Ring Scoops Arena on VR Chat. Okay, These are some of the features that I want. I want you to have the option to be able to sit in any chair that's in the crowd. Right now, you can't sit actually in the crowd. You can only go to where the chair is at to kind of stand behind the chair. But I want to make it where every single chair in that crowd is clickable to sit in. How cool would that be? Especially if we got all those seats filled up with avatars. That would look awesome. That would be a hell of a screenshot, right? Uh, I want to bring in weapons. Now that I figured that out, and the Ring Scoops title belt is in there, you could pick it up. You could do what you want. I want to add more weapons. 
I want to put a trash can at ringside, and in the trash can, I want to have like a crutch, a baseball bat, a barbed wire baseball bat, kendo stick, a stop sign. I want to have all kinds of stuff, just different props you can just pick up. You can just do whatever you want. Pick up the trash can if you want. That would be cool too, right? That would be awesome. There's more. I want to be able to have, and this would be cool, in the gorilla position. Because right now, the gorilla position, the only thing I have is like a table with a monitor set up. The gorilla position is not there yet. But I want to have a little menu on the monitor at gorilla position that has functionality. Okay? I want a full functional gorilla position. I want to have a button to toggle crowd sounds, to toggle a Titantron with some videos and whatnot. And I want to be able to toggle to uh, toggle on and off to have the championship hanging from the ring so you can bring a ladder into the ring and set it up, take some pictures, some props, you know, selfies, all that kind of stuff. You could toggle on or off to have a steel cage around the ring. I mean, how cool would that be, right? And this is all just for fun. Just go in, you can just shoot the shit with your friends, just hang out. You can go in there, you can take photos, take the selfies, share in your uh, social media, just to have fun, man. There's just so many different things you can do with this. I want to be able to, I want to have some some microphones laying around so you can pick those up. I don't know if it's possible, but how cool would it be if I was able to program it where if you're holding the mic and you speak while you're holding the mic, that it, your voice echoes around the whole arena like a ring announcer. I think that would be really cool, right? And now, finally, the big feature that I really hope that we can get here in the Ring Scoops Arena on VR Chat. Hopefully, one day that we can host watch parties in the arena with fans like you. Fans like you, and you, and you, and me, from all over the world, across the globe, from coast to coast. If we can all attend, make new friends, chat it up, enjoy it, have live events going on on the monitors, and we can all enjoy wrestling together in harmony. In the Ring Scoops Arena on VR Chat. When I ran the website under the name WorldWrestling.net, our phrase for WorldWrestling.net was where wrestling fans of the world unite. I want that for the Ring Scoops Arena on VR Chat. I want Ring Scoops on VR Chat to be where wrestling fans of the world unite and on that note ladies and gentlemen that is it for this episode of the ring scoops podcast i really appreciate your attentiveness i appreciate you taking time out of your schedule and your busy lives to listen to this episode of the ring scoops podcast from the bottom of my heart thank you so much i really appreciate that if you want to follow us on social media at Ring Scoops on all the big platforms, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you know, uh, snap, we, we have a Snapchat. I don't really use it, but we're on there if you want to add us at Ring Scoops. 
Um, and uh, shop.rinkscoops.com for all the rink scoops apparel and, and pillows and masks and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, and, we, and the ring scoops card game. Just go to rinkscoops.com. It's got all the stuff on there, man. We've got the podcast, we got the blog, we got VR chat, we got the card game, we got Twitch. Everything's on there. Ringscoops.com. That's the website. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for uh, for the podcast here this this episode. I'm the webmaster Wade Needham saying thank you, good night, and be cool. Welcome everybody to another podcast here on Ringscoops.com. I'm that Ringscoops guy, the webmaster. That's right, Wade Needham here each and every time with you. And you guys are listening uh, on your favorite uh, platform, whatever you get your podcasts. We're on Anchor.fm. We're on Spotify, which is, you know, Anchor.fm pretty much now, right? Because Spotify owns them. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts. Um, I don't know if I'm going to put this up on YouTube, though. Uh, the last uh, couple times that we've done one of these, it was either like a stream or we did a video and, you know, simulcast over on YouTube and whatnot. But I think this might just be exclusive to the podcast feed on uh, Spotify, Google uh, Apple and Anchor and all that good noise. I'm recording this late at night. Um, it's 11.53 p.m. Pacific time, Thursday, February 24th. By the time I'm done with this, it's up. It's going to be Friday, February 25th, 2022. So just a bam, put up a time stamp on there. We got some news um, that I'd like to talk about some big news this week. This has been a big week in the world of professional wrestling. Last weekend we had the Saudi show. Um, WWE put on a show, Elimination Chamber, out there in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia last weekend. I enjoyed the show. I thought it was a very interesting and entertaining show. I thought the card was pretty strong. Had a lot of superstars on it, including the return of WWE Hall of Famer Lita to take on Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship, which was a really good match. There were three women's matches, one of them being the Elimination Chamber match. There was a lot of women's wrestling on the Saudi show. It was refreshing to see that. Dare I say, half of the card were women. Huge difference from the first show in 2018 to right now. It has now been four years since they've been doing these shows. I believe the first one was the Greatest Royal Rumble, I want to say in April of 2018. So we're two months shy of it being four years of this 10-year deal. We're almost halfway through. So... Uh, but yeah, for the most part, uh, I really liked the event. And I know I probably lost already half of you guys. Oh, this guy liked the Blood Money show. Fuck him. And, you know, hey, it is what it is, right? Four years in, we know what we're getting ourselves into with this, you know. Uh, it's well documented what well, I myself and everyone else have, have said about these shows. Um, I'm not watching these because I support the Saudi government or anything like that. I don't. But. I don't 
I'm not going to hate on these shows. They are what they are. They're wrestling shows. They're international wrestling shows. You, you, take, you take them as that and just watch them as that, and they're, they're going to be okay. They're hit or miss. You know, some of them are very, very terrible. Other ones have been, you know, pretty good. This one was definitely in the upper echelon of the good Saudi shows, in my opinion. Elimination Chamber, I, I would say, give it a try. Even if you have to fast forward through some of it, you know, or if you want to skip a match or two or something like that, definitely watch both Chamber matches. They were well worth it. And uh, the match with Lita is well worth it as well. My buddy Mac... He brought up a really good point about the women's tag team match. It was genius booking having Ronda Rousey with one arm behind her back because it masked up a lot of her um, her downfalls in the ring, if you will, for a, a lack of better term, you know. Um, but yeah, no, this I I enjoyed it. I really did. Anyway, let's get to some news topics here. Let me count these up. See, we got one there, two. Three, and we got four. Uh, we've got we've got some AEW news. We've got some WWE news. We got a little editorial comment about somebody that's in the news as well. Of course, a lot of these are going to have some editorial comments, right? So some opinions. We'll talk about what happened and then give my thoughts on it. And then uh, not WWE. Not AEW, not Impact, none of that. We're also going to talk about a brand new wrestling promotion that is in the works that will be coming out fairly soon. But anyway, let's jump into our first topic here. The headline is, MJF's mother responds to his promo. Yeah, a little interesting there, huh? Are we going to get a little Judy Bagwell homage going on? I don't think so. I think this is just for social media. This wasn't even like promoted by AEW. This was just picked up just by the dirts. Just by the dirts. The sheets got them. Anyway, uh, so MJF, he's scheduled to take on CM Punk in a dog collar match at the Revolution pay-per-view. So I believe I, I could be wrong. I think it's March 6th. I don't exactly have I, I mean I have a calendar in front of me but I don't have the calendar uh, what day would March 6th be that would be a Sunday um, I yeah I don't know I, I'd have to look at it. it's going to be soon uh, AEW Revolution you know there's so many pay-per-views going on right between AEW WWE and Impact Wrestling it's it's hard to keep track of these dates now that you got you know a coin flip oh man is this event going to be on a Saturday is it going to be on a Sunday some of them will put them on a Friday night so it's just hard to keep track but uh, anyway during the February 23rd 2022 edition of AEW Dynamite the heel MJ I like how they put that in the article the heel in case you didn't know that MJF was a heel the heel MJF cut a promo that was uncharacteristic as he got emotional while speaking about his past. MJF talked about having attention deficit disorder, ADD, while in school and brought up how he was bullied for being Jewish. MJF said that he was playing football but wanted to become a wrestler and be like his hero, CM Punk. MJF then noted that his dreams were buried 
due to Punk leaving the wrestling business in 2014, but MJF decided to become the best in the world in spite of CM Punk. That was the promo. I saw it. And then Punk, he came out. No fanfare, like music, pyro, ballyhoo, all that crap. He just he came out through the stage, walked down the ramp with purpose. Punk got in the ring, and he said, is this real? Is this real? Very stern, just not breaking eye contact, staring at MJF, MJF staring at him, MJF shivering a little bit, Punk asking him again, is this for real? And you can see it. You can't hear it, but you can see it. You can read lips. MJF says it's real. MJF leaves. Very good segment. All right, and it's well documented. You guys know. You guys listen to the show every week. You guys know my opinions on like AEW. I am not the biggest AEW fan. I am a huge fan of MJF. So of course, whenever I see highlights or I see people talking about something that MJF did, I am going to set time aside and I'm going to watch that. And I did. I heard a lot of rumblings on Twitter about this MJF segment, his promo. I dig it. CM Punk coming out, the whole ordeal, are you for real? MJF says yes, gets out of the ring, walks away. Punk is just bewildered in the ring, doesn't know what's going on. It adds a whole new flavor and a whole new dynamic to this thing because now you're like, wait a minute, so these guys, they they don't like each other at this point. It's very clear after everything, right? And they got a match. They got a dog collar match coming up. And now you throw this into it, and now it's it's mental. It's like a mental ninja. They're mentally playing games with CM Punk. MJF is, because now how is Punk going to beat up a guy who admitted that he was bullied for being Jewish, that he had ADD, he looked up to him, he was his heart was broken because CM Punk left the wrestling business. How is CM Punk going to mentally prepare himself to go into a a dog collar match and fight him? Right, it's interesting stuff. But anyway, back. I'm bearing the lead here because the the lead was that MJF's mother. Well, that's the headline, not the lead. The lead was about their upcoming match. Anyway, that's journalism. Um, MJF's mother responds to his promo. MJF's mother commented on the promo on Twitter. Here's what MJF's mama had to say about this. Quote: Wow, Max, I started to lose hope that you would ever be a decent human being again. I am very proud of you for last night. You reminded every kid out there that they can be anything they set their mind to. Today I'm a proud ma. And then she tagged MJF. End quote. That's cool, man. I like, if that's actually MJF's like real mom, or even if not, I mean, screw it. Even if it's like a gimmicked Twitter account, okay? This is just genius. Keeping kayfabe that much. To have MJF's mom put a comment on social media out there like that. I like that. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. I am digging it. Oh, yeah. Funky like a monkey. Okay. So, let me uh, let me take a drink of my water here. Okay. What's next on the agenda? Brian Cage. Brian Cage. The Cyborg Superman, or whatever it is that they called him. he come out like the Terminator or something. Um, <laughs> hey, Brian Cage, like he, he 
he gained a lot of popularity out here in SoCal. Um, believe it or not, um, you know, you know that you know a guy named L.A. Knight. That's an NXT. You know, Eli Drake and Impact and NWA and all that stuff. Way back in the day, Brian Cage and uh, L.A. Knight. They were a tag team. They were called Natural Selection. Brian Cage, Sean Ricker. That's what L.A. Knight went by way back in the day. Sean Ricker. Okay. I called uh, a couple, small handful of matches that Sean Ricker had when he wrestled for the Empire Wrestling Federation uh, back in uh, 2010, 20, uh, you know, uh, 2011. Before he went off, he he had gotten signed to uh, to NXT for a little while, and then uh, he left, did some other stuff, went to Impact, and then NWA and whatnot. Anyway, this article is it's about Brian Cage, but just a little. Uh, information there, just to kind of throw it out there. You know, Brian Cage, he's, he's been around. He's not just this dude that just came out of nowhere and impact a few years back and then, you know, made a big name for himself and went over to AEW. This guy's been around. Um, I've talked to Brian Cage quite a few times in the past. As a matter of fact, we almost, I, I had, you know, I talked to him just a little bit. I don't want to say the word almost, but, I mean, we we had discussed doing a deal where he was going to come on to Ring Scoops. Well, an idea, I shot an idea to him. To come on to Ring Scoops, we were going to open up a health and fitness section and have blogs about health and fitness and, and dieting and all that stuff. And I wanted him to be the face of it. Unfortunately, at the time, he couldn't do it because he is conflict of interest with other sponsors that he had to do. But he was, in, he was interested in the idea. This was like 2016, 2017. This was a long time ago. But anyway... Let's get to the Brian Cage news now that we got a little, you know, rapport out of the way there. Yeah, there you go, buddy. AEW star Brian Cage hasn't appeared on television since the October 8th, 2021 edition of Rampage. Cage has remained active on the independent wrestling scene, but there's speculation about his contract not being renewed by AEW. Cage's wife, Melissa Santos, recently addressed his position with the company back in November 2021, and Max Caster even referenced Cage's contract during a freestyle promo at a wrestling event. In an update on Cage's status, it appears that he will be staying with the company. Fightful Select, <laughs> Fightful Select, noted the following regarding Cage, quote, Word made it around backstage at Wednesday's All Elite Wrestling Dynamite show that Brian Cage has been told, I mean, has told those close to him that AEW picked up his option year on his contract. Cage was said to have been surprised by this as he and virtually everyone on the All Elite Wrestling roster thought his deal would simply expire, end quote. Cage then commented on the report himself on Twitter saying, quote, hmm, not sure who I told all of this to, end quote. So Brian Cage, a little surprised there by that article, surprised by this report from Fightful. Uh, Speaking of Fightful, a little editor's note here. Uh, Earlier tonight on Twitter, it came to my attention, it was brought to my attention, that the main guy over at Fightful, Sean Ross Sapp, he's blocked the Ring Scoops Twitter account, and the reason for it was simply for liking a response 
to a tweet that he had put out. I I can't even remember exactly what the tweet was. I it, it wasn't ex- exactly flattering towards him. But he has blocked the Ring Scoops account. But you know what? Hey, that's cool, man. Everybody has the right to exercise who they block or unblock on social media. There's no law behind it. I'm not butthurt by it. It's something that was brought to my attention. And I just wanted to address that, let everybody out there know. Um, I've never had an interaction with Sean Ross Sapp, except for Thanksgiving Day, he had made a tweet about no DQCAW um, and referenced saying something along the lines of, I remember no DQCAW having the Pillsbury Doughboy and beating up people and whatnot. And the only interaction I had was I had replied back to him and I thanked him for the shout-out. I thanked him for the plug, paying homage, and whatnot, the reference, right? And then I simply corrected him. I said, it wasn't no DQ CAW that had the Pillsbury Doughboy. That was CWE. And, uh, you know, still appreciate the, the love, support, and the throwback and, all, and whatnot. And, you know, he had replied back, and he was he was a little, uh, it was a little coomsy coomsa with it, right? Sean Ross Sapp replied back. It wasn't like a, you know, oh, okay, cool, my bad, or a, hey, super duper with a thumbs up. You know, I would have been all right with that. It was a little asinine, his reply back. But I left it at that, and I didn't care, I didn't care right? He gave a shout-out. He had wrong information. I corrected him. If anybody should know anything about fucking no DQCAW, it's me. I was the voice. I, let me let me correct myself. I was the voices of no DQCAW. The webmaster Wade Needham. Play-by-play commentary. Hey, Robert J. Spade, Bobby Spade doing the, the, the color commentary. Sometimes we do the commentary. Uh, we record, uh, the Wade will record his track. I record mine separate. But, you know, sometimes uh, you know, we, we would record it on the same track. We'd have a little conversation like that. Ain't that right, fat ass? Bobby, man, you always call me a fat ass. And it just, it really upsets me. Hey, look at this guy over here in the sun, a snowflake. He's melting. You know, we would do stuff like that, obviously. We would edit the pitch and whatnot for Bobby Spade. So, yeah, I did commentary for that, man. I was like the guy, you know. Aaron Riff, he was, uh, you know, the man behind it all. He put it all together. He booked it. He edited it. He distributed it. I did commentary as myself and the character Bobby Spade for many years. We were a team. So if there was anybody that knows anything about No DQCW, it's me. Me and Aaron. I simply corrected the guy. I mean, he put out wrong. He's a journalist, right? You would think a journalist would put out correct information. He calls himself a journalist. See, I don't, like, I could call myself a journalist. I have a degree in communications, mass media. I wrote for uh, the Coyote Chronicle. I have actually been published in many publications. I've been published in newspapers. I've been published in pamphlets and in little mini books and whatnot. I've had stuff actually published before. I could call myself a journalist. I've got I've got connections to some people that I could get some news for. Nothing on the level of say WWE or AEW, but I got connections. I could get news. I could do local wrestling news. I choose not to, and I choose not to exactly call myself a journalist. I'll call myself. I prefer podcaster, blogger, uh, maybe a broadcast journalist because I did a decade of play-by-play for local independent wrestling out here and SoCal and whatnot. But anyway, 
I just wanted to throw that out there. Sean Ross Sapp, he blocked the Ring Scoops account. That's cool, man. You know, more power to you. You know, I hope your day is brightened up by not having to look at little old me on your timeline, even though I, I've never followed you and you have never followed me. But you go ahead and block the Ring Scoops account. That's fine. No sweat off my balls. You keep doing what you're going to do. I'm going to keep doing what I'm going to do. We never clashed until the no DQCAW comment. Maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe he didn't like to be corrected, even though he was in the wrong. You know, some of these journalists, they got very thin egos. And in the wrestling business, I don't care if you're in the media or not, one of the sayings that everybody always says is you got to have thick skin. And that goes both ways, man. If you're in the media, you got to have thick skin, bro. If you can't take someone correcting you, get the fuck out of here. Little fucking milky liquor. Okay, moving on. Cesaro. Being reported by Mike Johnson of PWInsider.com that Cesaro has quietly left the WWE following the expiration of his contract. Johnson noted that the, quote, two sides have been in negotiations but had not come to terms on a new agreement, end quote. Oh, and look, Sappy Boy's back. Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com confirmed Johnson's report. Like, Mike Johnson needs him to fucking confirm this shit, right? Fucking Mike Johnson's been doing this shit since before Sean Ross Sapp was a twinkle in his dad's fucking eye. Anyway, he wrote that Cesaro rejected an offer that WWE made him. According to Sapp, Cesaro had signed a one-year extension in 2021. Because of his deal expiring, there is no 90-day no-compete clause, and Cesaro is free to be working for any wrestling promotion. Cesaro has been with the WWE since 2011, and people within the company were said to have reached, uh, reacted to his departure with disappointment and dismay. Cesaro's last television appearance was in a losing effort to Happy Corbin on the February 11th, 2022 edition of SmackDown. I want to pull up a tweet real quick. My buddy Aaron Rift over at NoDQ.com had uh, put up a tweet asking for people to comment on um, Cesaro's departure. Here's what I had to say. I'll, I'll just, you know, instead of reiterate, I'll just read directly what my quote was, my response. I think I'll just, uh, it's funny because Riff, <laughs> he asked people, leave your comments on this link. And it's like, dude, you, you just post it on social media. Just have people reply to that. So that's what I said. I think I'll just reply to this tweet with my thoughts instead. Anyway, I look forward to seeing what Cesaro can bring to another organization. His run in WWE while wasn't the rise to the top the majority wanted, it wasn't too bad. He accomplished more than a lot of us could ever dream of. And I, st- I still stand by that. I was talking to my buddy, the DA, earlier, and I said, dude, let's, let's take somebody that is well-received, somebody that's well-respected, that people say is an absolute legend. He's a Hall of Famer. They say his run in the WWE was like damn near perfect. The one and only thing he didn't get was a world title. Now, you could probably describe Cesaro that way. Now, a lot of people probably won't, 
because they don't like to, you know, they, oh, he was misused, uh, missed opportunities, he was wasted, you know, stuff like that. They'll say that about him. I think there were a lot of moments, yes, where they missed the boat. But you compare Cesaro to a guy like Scott Hall. Scott Hall never reached the top. Scott Hall never got that world title in WWE or even WCW. Scott Hall never reached the top. He was never world champion in these two major organizations. And the same thing can be said for Cesaro. He had tag titles. He had mid-card titles. He won the first Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Whether you think that's prestigious or not, that's a whole different argument. But he won the first one. When there was actual hype behind it. When people believed in it. When they were going to do something with it. They put Paul Heyman with him for a short period of time. That right there is another uh, metric as to what they were going to do with him, how they saw him at that time, to put the guy like Paul Heyman with him. In the same night that Paul Heyman's other guy ended the streak of The Undertaker. Okay? Cesaro, yeah, all right. He was never a, a, a consistent main eventer. He had like one main event match per year, if that. He had a lot of mid-card runs. Intercontinental Championship, United States Championship, Tag Team Championship. He was in a hell of a tag team with Sheamus. He reinvented Sheamus's career. He made him tolerable. He made him a little bit more relevant. That's what Cesaro did. Early days of NXT, Cesaro went over there to NXT. He gave NXT some time. He gave NXT a shine. He worked with Sami Zayn. He helped transition Sami Zayn from being looked at as El Generico to being Sami Zayn. He took him to WWE production finishing school, if you will. Cesaro was paired with Tyson Kidd. They got over. Unfortunately, Tyson Kidd got injured. He had to retire. But Cesaro and Tyson Kidd were over. The bar was over when the brand split first started. Cesaro and Sheamus fighting over who was going to be the number one contender. Mick Foley put them together as a tag team. The tag team lasted for years. They got a name. They got an entrance. They got a gimmick. They got a hell of a run as a tag team with tag team championship. They had longevity together. Cesaro did everything that they asked him to do. He knocked it out of the ballpark. This guy never fumbled anything they gave to him. He never failed anybody. Of course, it was the machine. I will admit that. I'm not saying that WWE is perfect or innocent in this whole thing. They're not. Cesaro did everything they asked. They just weren't confident for some freaking reason to say, we're going to give you even a four-month world title run just to say you had one. If they would have just gave him the opportunity, the same opportunity, even for a short period of time, if they would have just gave him that opportunity, the same one that they gave to a guy like Kofi Kingston or Big E or Jinder Mahal, I don't think that we would have, be having the same conversation right now about Cesaro's run. 
Unfortunately, he never won a world title. Unfortunately, you can count on probably both hands in 11 years the times that were perfect to push him and they never did. But I will argue until I'm blue in the face, argue the fact he was not completely wasted. Keyword, completely. You know who was completely wasted? Killer Cross. You know who else was completely wasted? Keith Lee. EC3. We'll get into all these guys a little later. Those guys, they were wasted. And they were completely wasted. Cesaro is not in that conversation. Not in my book. Nope. Not in my book. All right. Moving on to our final thing here. Wow, 28 minutes. I honestly, I, I say this every show. I didn't think I was going to go this long, but we are. We are. Go on the distance, which was a no DQ CAW event name, by the way. Joint event name with my CW League Slam and Jam back in 2005. More, more little no DQ CAW trivia for you guys. Okay. I've never called this guy by his real name, so if I mispronounce his name, I apologize. But Adam Shear. Adam Shear. You know, Braun Strowman, pretty much, right? So Adam Shear and EC3 are launching their own wrestling promotion named CYN. Control your narrative. In addition to Killer Cross being part of the group, Former WWE star Austin Aries. I like how in this article they refer to him as a former WWE star. He definitely made his name more so outside of WWE than he ever did in WWE. But, I, you know, Ring of Honor and Impact, right? Among other places, PWG and all that stuff too, right? Anyway, um, Austin Aries has been announced that he will be joining the promotion. Here's what Aries had to say on Twitter. Quote, you don't get to force your truths onto me. You don't know me. You don't define me. You don't color my perception. You don't create my reality. And you certainly don't control my narrative. Only I do. On March 5th, my story begins. Hashtag control your narrative. Hashtag CYN. End quote. The promotion's official website has the following mission statement. Control Your Narrative has found its purpose and is proud to announce Awakening Live, a series of live events featuring combative professional wrestling action and the real stories of those who choose to fight. Headlined by the Titan, Adam Shear, EC3, the newly recruited Killer Cross, and other top names in the field of sports and entertainment. CYN Awakening Live is a live event under the guise of a traditional wrestling show that will be everything but traditional. CYN Awakening Live will offer a unique, interactive experience where fans can not only meet and greet their favorite stars, but watch them do what these world-class competitors do best. It's, it's an interesting concept. 
is a very, very interesting concept. Based off of that description, my interpretation of this is going to be like a mix between like, you know, a wrestling show and say a one man show where, you know, like a one man show, you go in there and it's like, you know, you get a spotlight on a, on a, on a bar stool, on an empty stage. The person sits there and they just tell a story. Or, you know, if you've seen um, uh, An Evening with Kevin Smith, like 20 years ago when they got released, right? Where Kevin Smith went to these different college campuses. It's like a one-man, I, I want to say symposium, because that's like more than like five people. But, you know, it's, it's a speech, right? It's a, you know, it's a speech. Um, and he tells stories. They do a Q&A and all that kind of stuff. That's what I'm imagining. I just imagine, like, I imagine fans are going to go into whatever venue they have. They're going to have a wrestling ring set up, maybe have, you know, a, a chair in the ring. The wrestler is going to come out with his entrance and music. He's the pyro and ballyhoo. He's going to slap hands. He's going to get all stuff. He's going to get in the ring. He's going to sit down or maybe even walk around the ring. And he's not going to cut like a traditional wrestling promo, but maybe he'll tell like a story or two. You know, he'll be like, hey, you know, online I read, uh, well, I got released and uh, the rumors were, you know, I was hard to work with. Well, let me tell you a story about how I work with this talent. And he tells a story or something like that. And then like the next guy comes out, he does the same thing. And then, you know, somebody gets in the ring and says, all right, now you've heard from both these men, and now tonight we're going to have the match in this corner so-and-so, this corner so-and-so, ring the bell, boom, and then ding, ding, you you got a match between two guys. And, you know, you could do something like that, you know? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just a thought, just based off this, this, this description. That's, that's what popped into my head when I read that. Uh, there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of backlash already on this whole thing too, right? I guess, you know, some people, I guess, have turned on Killer Cross, I guess, for some of his political beliefs. And, uh, of course, <laughs> well-documented what everybody thinks of Austin Aries. And for, uh, you know, some of the people that don't like Killer Cross in recent memory, because of some of that stuff, they're, they don't like the idea of him being part of this. Um a lot of people already don't like, you know, Braun Strowman's comments, you know, from a few years back when the pandemic started and whatnot. Austin Aries definitely, you know, he's nuclear, man. He's he's nuclear. EC3, I don't know. But it's interesting. There's a new promotion. That's exciting. It's a concept, you know, from the description that sounds like it could be promising. It's interesting on paper. I'm going to try to keep an open mind to this and see what it's like when they launch because I don't want to just downplay it and then it comes out and it's something that's totally opposite of what we all think and it actually turns out very well because then we got to eat our words and I don't I don't know about you guys I don't like doing that so I'll just wait until it happens and then I'll review it I'm not going to give my thoughts on it from a preview I'm going to give my thoughts on it from a review if that makes any sense all right, well, anyway, that's it for this edition of the Ring Scoops podcast. I appreciate your attentiveness. I appreciate if you made it this long. Thank you so much for the support. I really appreciate it. Um, don't forget to follow Ring Scoops on social media, unless, of course, you've blocked us. Then you've shown that you don't want to follow us on, on social media. That's very apparent. That's fine. That's cool, too. You exercise your right. I've blocked people. People have blocked me. I've blocked you. You blocked me. That's fine, you know? We don't have to give a reason. It doesn't fucking matter. It's social media. It's social, It's online. It's cool. You know? Um, 
it's sometimes it gets confusing. Sometimes it gets a little frustrating. Sometimes it's a little, uh, you know, wondering. Uh, okay, I don't know why that happened, but oh, yeah, fucking. Uh. Anyway, social media: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Twitch, all that stuff. At Ring Scoops, um, we got the the VR Chat Arena over on RingScoops.com. We got the merchandise shop.ringscoops.com. All the T-shirts, the masks, the pillows, all that good stuff. So check that out. Um, we're going to be doing a a live cooking stream on Tuesday, March 8th at 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern. So tune in for that on twitch.tv slash ringscoops. You get all the links to all this stuff over at ringscoops.com. You go to the site. we got four big buttons there. We got a, And then a banner ad for Cinema Flare. Then we got the social links at the very bottom. We've got the podcast. We've got the VR chat. We got the card game. Don't forget about the card game. And uh, we got the shop. So check that out, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. All right. Until next time, I'm that Ring Scoops guy saying thank you, good night, and be cool. For all you animals out there, are you ready? Well, you better buckle up because it's time for the show, ladies and gentlemen. Straight out of your sister's bedroom, it's your girlfriend's favorite podcast. Without further ado, it's the Ring Scoops Podcast with your host, Wee Needham.
guys out there? Are you ready? Well, you better buckle up because it's time for the show, ladies and gentlemen. Straight out of your sister's bedroom, it's your girlfriend's favorite podcast. Without further ado, it's the Ring Scoops Podcast with your host, Wee Leon. could call myself a journalist. I've got I've got connections to some people that I could get some news for. Nothing on the level of say WWE or AEW, but I got connections. I could get news. I could do local wrestling news. I choose not to. And I choose not to exactly call myself a journalist. I'll call myself I prefer podcaster, blogger, uh, maybe a broadcast journalist cuz I I did a decade of play-by-play for local independent wrestling out here and so kind of whatnot. But anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. Sean Ross Sapp, he blocked the Ring Scoops account. That's cool, man. You know, more power to you. You know, I hope your day is brightened up by not having to look at little old me on your timeline, even though I, I've never followed you and you have never followed me. But you go ahead and block the Ring Scoops account. That's fine. No sweat off my balls. You keep doing what you're going to do. I'm going to keep doing what I'm going to do. We never clashed until the no DQCAW comment. Maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe he didn't like to be corrected, even though he was in the wrong. You know, some of these journalists, they got very thin egos. And in the wrestling business, I don't care if you're in the media or not, one of the sayings that everybody always says is you got to have thick skin. And that goes both ways, man. If you're in the media, you got to have thick skin, bro. If you can't take someone correcting you, get the fuck out of here. Little fucking milky liquor. Okay. Moving on. Cesaro. Being reported by Mike Johnson of PWInsider.com that Cesaro has quietly left the WWE following the expiration of his contract. Johnson noted that the, quote, two sides have been in negotiations, but had not come to terms on a new agreement, end quote. Oh, and look, Sappy Boy's back. Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com confirmed Johnson's report. Like, Mike Johnson needs him to fucking confirm this shit, right? Fucking Mike Johnson's been doing this shit since before Sean Ross Sapp was a twinkle in his dad's fucking eye. Anyway. He wrote that Cesaro rejected an offer that WWE made him. According to SAP, Cesaro had signed a one-year extension in 2021. Because of his deal expiring, there is no 90-day no-compete clause, and Cesaro is free to be working for any wrestling promotion. Cesaro has been with the WWE since 2011, and people within the company were said to have reached, uh, reacted to his departure with disappointment and dismay. Cesaro's last television appearance was in a losing effort to Happy Corbin on the February 11th, 2022 edition of SmackDown. I want to pull up a tweet real quick. My buddy Aaron Rift over at NoDQ.com had uh, put up a tweet asking for people to comment 
on um, Cesaro's departure. Here's what I had to say. I'll, I'll just, you know, instead of reiterate, I'll just read directly what my quote was, my response. I think I'll just, okay, yeah, it's funny because Riff, <laughs> he asked people, leave your comments on this link. And it's like, dude, you just post it on social media. Just have people reply to that. So that's what I said. I think I'll just reply to this tweet with my thoughts instead. Anyway, I look forward to seeing what Cesaro can bring to another organization. His run in WWE, while wasn't the rise to the top the majority wanted, it wasn't too bad. He accomplished more than a lot of us could ever dream of. And I I still stand by that. I was talking to my buddy, the DA, earlier, and I said, dude, let's let's take somebody that is well-received, somebody that is well-respected, that people say is an absolute legend. He's a Hall of Famer. They say his run in the WWE was, like, damn near perfect. The one and only thing he didn't get was a world title. Now, you could probably describe Cesaro that way. Now, a lot of people probably won't. Because they don't like to, you know, they, oh, he was misused, uh, missed opportunities, he was wasted, you know, stuff like that. They'll say that about him. I think there were a lot of moments, yes, where they missed the boat. But you compare Cesaro to a guy like Scott Hall. Scott Hall never reached the top. Scott Hall never got that world title in WWE or even WCW. Scott Hall never reached the top. He was never world champion in these two major organizations. And the same thing can be said for Cesaro. He had tag titles. He had mid-card titles. He won the first Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Whether you think that's prestigious or not, that's a whole different argument. But he won the first one. When there was actual hype behind it, when people believed in it, when they were going to do something with it, they put Paul Heyman with him for a short period of time. That right there is another um, metric as to what they were going to do with him, how they saw him at that time, to put the guy like Paul Heyman with him. In the same night that Paul Heyman's other guy ended the streak of The Undertaker. Okay? Cesaro, yeah, all right. He was never a, a, a consistent main eventer. He had like one main event match per year, if that. He had a lot of mid-card runs. Intercontinental Championship, United States Championship, Tag Team Championship. He was in a hell of a tag team with Sheamus. He reinvented Sheamus's career. He made him tolerable. He made him a little bit more relevant. That's what Cesaro did. Early days of NXT, Cesaro went over there to NXT. He gave NXT some time. He gave NXT a shine. He worked with Sami Zayn. He helped transition Sami Zayn from being looked at as El Generico to being Sami Zayn. He took him to WWE production finishing school, if you will. Cesaro was paired with Tyson Kidd. They got over. Unfortunately, Tyson Kidd got injured. He had to retire. But Cesaro and Tyson Kidd were over. The bar was over. When the brand split first started, 
Cesaro and Sheamus fighting over who was going to be the number one contender. Mick Foley put them together as a tag team. The tag team lasted for years. They got a name. They got an entrance. They got a gimmick. They got a hell of a run as a tag team with tag team championship. They had longevity together. Cesaro did everything that they asked him to do. He knocked it out of the ballpark. This guy never fumbled anything they gave to him. He never failed anybody. Of course, it was the machine. I will admit that. I'm not saying that WWE is perfect or innocent in this whole thing. They're not. Cesaro did everything they asked. They just weren't confident for some freaking reason to say, we're going to give you even a four-month world title run just to say you had one. If they would have just gave him the opportunity, the same opportunity, even for a short period of time, if they would have just gave him that opportunity, the same one that they gave to a guy like Kofi Kingston or Big E or Jinder Mahal, I don't think that we would have, be having the same conversation right now about Cesaro's run. Unfortunately, he never won a world title. Unfortunately, you can count on probably both hands in 11 years the times that were perfect to push them and they never did. But I will argue until I'm blue in the face, argue the fact he was not completely wasted. Keyword, completely. You know who was completely wasted? Killer Cross. You know who else was completely wasted? Keith Lee. EC3. We'll get into all these guys a little later. Those guys, they were wasted. And they were completely wasted. Cesaro is not in that conversation. Not in my book. Nope. Not in my book. All right. Moving on to our final thing here. Wow, 28 minutes. I honestly, I, I say this every show. I didn't think I was going to go this long, but we are. We are. Go on the distance, which was a no DQ CAW event name, by the way. Joint event name with my CW League Slam and Jam back in 2005. More, more little no DQ CAW trivia for you guys. Okay. I've never called this guy by his real name, so if I mispronounce his name, I apologize. But Adam Shear, Adam Shear, you know, Braun Strowman, pretty much, right? So Adam Shear and EC3 are launching their own wrestling promotion named CYN, Control Your Narrative. In addition to Killer Cross being part of the group, Former WWE star Austin Aries. I like how in this article they refer to him as a former WWE star. He definitely made his name more so outside of WWE than he ever did in WWE. But, I, you know, Ring of Honor and Impact, right? Among other places, PWG and all that stuff too, right? Anyway, um, Austin Aries has been announced that he will be joining the promotion. Here's what Aries had to say on Twitter. Quote, you don't get to force your truths onto me. You don't know me. 
You don't define me. You don't color my perception. You don't create my reality, and you certainly don't control my narrative. Only I do. On March 5th, my story begins. Hashtag control your narrative. Hashtag CYN. End quote. The promotion's official website has the following mission statement. Control Your Narrative has found its purpose and is proud to announce Awakening Live, a series of live events featuring combative professional wrestling action and the real stories of those who choose to fight. Headlined by the Titan, Adam Shearer, EC3, the newly recruited Killer Cross, and other top names in the field of sports and entertainment. CYN Awakening Live is a live event under the guise of a traditional wrestling show that will be everything but traditional. CYN Awakening Live will offer a unique, interactive experience where fans can not only meet and greet their favorite stars, but watch them do what these world-class competitors do best. It's, it's an interesting concept. It's a very, very interesting concept. Based off of that description, my interpretation of this is going to be like a mix between like you know a wrestling show and say a one-man show, where you know like a one-man show, you go in there and it's like you know you get a spotlight on a on a on a bar stool, on an empty stage. The person sits there and they just tell the story. Or, you know, if you've seen um, uh, An Evening with Kevin Smith, like 20 years ago when I got released, right? Where Kevin Smith went to these different college campuses. It's like a one-man, I, I want to say symposium, because that's like more than like five people. But, you know, it's, it's a speech, right? It's a, you know, it's a speech. Um, and he tells stories. They do a Q&A and all that kind of stuff. That's what I'm imagining. I just imagine, like, I imagine fans are going to go into whatever venue they have. They're going to have a wrestling ring set up, maybe have, you know, a, a chair in the ring. The wrestler is going to come out with his entrance and music. He's the pyro and ballyhoo. He's going to slap hands. He's going to get all the stuff. He's going to get in the ring. He's going to sit down or maybe even walk around the ring. And he's not going to cut, like, a traditional wrestling promo, but maybe he'll tell, like, a story or two, you know. He'll be like, hey, you know, online I read, uh, well, I got released, and uh, the rumors were, you know, I was hard to work with. Well, let me tell you a story about how I work with this talent. And he tells a story or something like that. And then, like, the next guy comes out. He does the same thing. And then, you know, somebody gets in the ring and says, all right, now you've heard from both these men, and now tonight we're going to have the match in this corner so-and-so, this corner so-and-so, ring the bell, boom, and then ding, ding, you you got a match between two guys. And, you know, you could do something like that, you know? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just a thought, just based off this, this, this description. That's, that's what popped into my head when I read that. Uh, there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of backlash already on this whole thing too, right? I guess, you know, some people, I guess, have turned on Killer Cross, I guess, for some of his political beliefs. And, uh, of course, <laughs> well-documented what everybody thinks of Austin Aries. And for, uh, you know, some of the people that don't like Killer Cross in recent memory, because of some of that stuff, they're, they don't like the idea of him being part of this. Um a lot of people already don't like, you know, Braun Strowman's comments, you know, from a few years back when the pandemic started and whatnot. Austin Aries definitely, you know, he's nuclear, man. He's he's nuclear. EC3, I don't know. But it's interesting. There's a new promotion. That's exciting. 
it's a concept you know from the description that sounds like it could be promising it's interesting on paper I'm gonna try to keep an open mind to this and see what it's like when they launch because I don't want to just downplay it and then it comes out and it's something that's totally opposite of what we all think and it actually turns out very well because then we got to eat our words and I don't I don't know about you guys I don't like doing that so I'll just wait until it happens and then I'll review it I'm not going to give my thoughts on it from a preview I'm going to give my thoughts on it from a review that makes any sense alright well anyway that's it for this edition of the Ring Scoops podcast I appreciate your attentiveness I appreciate if you made it this long thank you so much for the support I really appreciate it um don't forget to follow Ring Scoops on social media, unless, of course, you've blocked us. Then you've shown that you don't want to follow us on, on social media. That's very apparent. That's fine. That's cool, too. You exercise your right. I've blocked people. People have blocked me. I've blocked you. You block me. That's fine, you know? We don't have to give a reason. It doesn't fucking matter. It's social media. It's social, It's online. It's cool. You know? Um... It's sometimes it gets confusing. Sometimes it gets a little frustrating. Sometimes it's a little, uh, you know, wondering. Uh, okay, I don't know why that happened, but oh, yeah, fuck you. Anyway, social media: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Twitch, all that stuff. At Ring Scoops, um, we got the the VR Chat Arena over on RingScoops.com. We got the merchandise shop.RingScoops.com. All the T-shirts, the masks, the pillows, all that good stuff. So check that out. Um, we're going to be doing a a live cooking stream on Tuesday, March 8th at 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern. So tune in for that on twitch.tv slash ringscoops. You get all the links to all this stuff over at ringscoops.com. You go to the site. we got four big buttons there. we got a, and then a banner ad for Cinema Flare. Then we got the social links at the very bottom. we got the podcast. we got the VR chat. We got the card game. Don't forget about the card game. And uh, we got the shop. So check that out, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. All right. Until next time, I'm that Ring Scoops guy saying thank you, good night, and be cool. Welcome, everybody, to another podcast here on ringscoops.com. I'm that Ring Scoops guy, the webmaster. That's right, Wade Needham here each and every time with you and you guys are listening uh on your favorite uh platform whatever you get your podcasts we're on anchor.fm we're on spotify which is you know anchor.fm pretty much now right because spotify owns them we're also on google podcasts we're on apple podcasts um i don't know if i'm gonna put this up on youtube though uh, the last uh, couple times that we've done one of these, it was either like a stream or we did a video and you know simulcast over on YouTube and whatnot. But I think this might just be exclusive to the podcast feed on uh, Spotify, Google, uh, Apple, and Anchor, and all that good noise. I'm recording this late at night. Um, it's 11.53 p.m. Pacific time, Thursday, February 24th. By the time I'm done with this, it's up. It's going to be Friday, February 25th, 2022. So just to, bam, put a timestamp on there. We got some news 
um, that I'd like to talk about some big news this week. This has been a big week in the world of professional wrestling. Last weekend we had the Saudi show. Um, WWE put on a show, Elimination Chamber, out there in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia last weekend. I enjoyed the show. I thought it was a very interesting and entertaining show. I thought the card was pretty strong. Had a lot of superstars on it, including the return of WWE Hall of Famer Lita to take on Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship, which was a really good match. There were three women's matches, one of them being the Elimination Chamber match. There was a lot of women's wrestling on the Saudi show. It was refreshing to see that. Dare I say, half of the card were women. Huge difference from the first show in 2018 to right now. It has now been four years since they've been doing these shows. I believe the first one was the Greatest Royal Rumble, I want to say in April of 2018. So we're two months shy of it being four years of this 10-year deal. We're almost halfway through. So... Uh, but yeah, for the most part, uh, I really liked the event. And I know I probably lost already half of you guys. Oh, this guy liked the Blood Money show. Fuck him. And, you know, hey, it is what it is, right? Four years in, we know what we're getting ourselves into with this, you know. Uh, it's well documented what well, I myself and everyone else have, have said about these shows. Um, I'm not watching these because I support the Saudi government or anything like that. I don't. But. I don't, I'm not going to hate on these shows. They are what they are. They're wrestling shows. They're international wrestling shows. You, you take you take them as that and just watch them as that, and they're, they're going to be okay. They're hit or miss, you know. Some of them are very, very terrible. Other ones have been, you know, pretty good. This one was definitely in the upper echelon of the good Saudi shows, in my opinion. Elimination Chamber, I, I would say, give it a try. Even if you have to fast forward through some of it. You know, or if you want to skip a match or two or something like that, definitely watch both chamber matches. They were well worth it. And uh, the match with Lita is well worth it as well. My buddy Mac, he brought up a really good point about the women's tag team match. It was genius booking having Ronda Rousey with one arm behind her back because it masked up a lot of her um, her downfalls in the ring, if you will, for a, a lack of better term, you know. Um but yeah, no, this I I enjoyed it. I really did. Anyway, let's get to some news topics here. Let me count these up. See, we got one there, two, three, and we got four. Uh we've got we've got some AEW news. We've got some WWE news. We got a little editorial comment about somebody that's in the news as well course a lot of these are going to have some editorial comments right so some opinions talk about what happened and then give my thoughts on it and then uh, not WWE not AEW not Impact none of that we're also going to talk about a brand new wrestling promotion that is in the works that will be coming out fairly soon but anyway let's jump into our first topic here the headline is MJF's mother responds to his promo. 
Yeah, a little interesting there, huh? Are we going to get a little Judy Bagwell homage going on? I don't think so. I think this is just for social media. This wasn't even like promoted by AEW. This was just picked up just by the dirts. Just by the dirts. The sheets got them. Anyway, uh, so MJF, he's scheduled to take on CM Punk in a dog collar match at the Revolution pay-per-view. So I believe I, I could be wrong. I think it's March 6th. I don't exactly have I, I mean I have a calendar in front of me but I don't have the calendar uh, what day would March 6th be that would be a Sunday um, I yeah I don't know I, I'd have to look at it. it's going to be soon uh, AEW Revolution you know there's so many pay-per-views going on right between AEW WWE and Impact Wrestling it's it's hard to keep track of these dates now that you got you know a coin flip oh man is this event going to be on a Saturday is it going to be on a Sunday some of them will put them on a Friday night so it's just hard to keep track but uh, anyway during the February 23rd 2022 edition of AEW Dynamite the heel MJ I like how they put that in the article the heel in case you didn't know that MJF was a heel the heel MJF cut a promo that was uncharacteristic as he got emotional while speaking about his past. MJF talked about having attention deficit disorder, ADD, while in school and brought up how he was bullied for being Jewish. MJF said that he was playing football but wanted to become a wrestler and be like his hero, CM Punk. MJF then noted that his dreams were buried due to Punk leaving the wrestling business in 2014, but MJF decided to become the best in the world in spite of CM Punk. That was the promo. I saw it. And then Punk, he came out, no fanfare, like music, pyro, ballyhoo, all that crap. He just he came out through the stage, walked down the ramp with purpose. Punk got in the ring, and he said, is this real? Is this real? Very stern, just not breaking eye contact, staring at MJF, MJF staring at him, MJF shivering a little bit, Punk asking him again, is this for real? And you can see it. You can't hear it, but you can see it. You can read lips. MJF says it's real. MJF leaves. Very good segment. All right. And it's well documented. You guys know. You guys listen to the show every week. You guys know my opinions on like AEW. I am not the biggest AEW fan. I am a huge fan of MJF. So, of course, whenever I see highlights or I see people talking about something that MJF did... I am going to set time aside, and I'm going to watch that. And I did. I heard a lot of rumblings on Twitter about this MJF segment, his promo. I dig it. CM Punk coming out, the whole ordeal, are you for real? MJF says yes, gets out of the ring, walks away. Punk is just bewildered in the ring, doesn't know what's going on. It adds a whole new flavor and a whole new dynamic to this thing because now you're like, wait a minute, so these guys they, they don't like each other at this point. It's very clear after everything, right? And they got a match. They got a dog collar match coming up. And now you throw this into it and now it's it's mental. It's like a mental ninja. They're mentally playing games with CM Punk MJF is. 
Because now, how is Punk going to beat up a guy who admitted that he was bullied for being Jewish? That he had ADD. He looked up to him. He was His heart was broken because CM Punk left the wrestling business. How is CM Punk going to mentally prepare himself to go into a, a dog collar match and fight him, right? It's interesting stuff. But anyway, back. I'm bearing the lead here because the, the lead was that MJF's mother... Well, that's the headline, not the lead. The lead was about their upcoming match. Anyway, that's journalism. Um, MJF's mother responds to his promo. MJF's mother commented on the promo on Twitter. Here's what MJF's mama had to say about this. Quote, Wow, Max, I started to lose hope that you would ever be a decent human being again. I am very proud of you for last night. You reminded every kid out there that they can be anything they set their mind to. Today I'm a proud ma. And then she tagged MJF. End quote. That's cool, man. I like, if that's actually MJF's, like, real mom, or even if not, I mean, screw it. Even if it's, like, a gimmicked a Twitter account, okay? This is just genius. Keeping kayfabe that much, to have MJF's mom put a comment on social media out there like that. I like that. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. I am digging it. Oh, yeah. Funky like a monkey. Okay, so, let me, uh, let me take a drink of my water here. Okay, what's next on the agenda? Brian Cage. Brian Cage. The cyborg Superman, or whatever it is that they called him. He come out like the Terminator or something. Um, <laughs> hey, Brian Cage, like he, he, he gained a lot of popularity out here in SoCal. Um, believe it or not, um, you know, you know that you know a guy named L.A. Knight. That's an NXT. You know, Eli Drake and Impact and N.W.A. and all that stuff. Way back in the day, Brian Cage and uh, L.A. Knight. They were a tag team. They were called Natural Selection. Brian Cage, Sean Ricker. That's what L.A. Knight went by way back in the day. Sean Ricker. Okay. I called uh, a couple small handful of matches that Sean Ricker had when he wrestled for the Empire Wrestling Federation. Uh, back in uh, 2010, 20, uh, you know, uh, 2011, before he went off, he he had gotten signed to uh, to NXT for a little while, and then uh, he left, did some other stuff, went to Impact, and then NWA and whatnot. Anyway, this article is it's about Brian Cage, but just a little uh, information there, just to kind of throw it out there. You know, Brian Cage, he's he's been around. He's not just this dude that just came out of nowhere and impact a few years back and then, you know, made a big name for himself and went over to AEW. This guy's been around. Um, I've talked to Brian Cage quite a few times in the past. As a matter of fact, we almost, I, I had, you know, I talked to him just a little bit. I don't want to say the word almost, but, I mean, we we had discussed doing a deal where he was going to come on to Ring Scoops. An idea, I shot an idea to him. To come on to Ring Scoops, we were going to open up a health and fitness section and have blogs about health and fitness and, and dieting and all that stuff. And I wanted him to be the face of it. Unfortunately, at the time, he couldn't do it because he is conflict of interest with other sponsors that he had to do. But he was in, he was interested in the idea. This was like 2016, 2017. This is a long time ago. But anyway, let's get to the Brian Cage news now that we got a little you know rapport out of the way there. Eh? Yeah, there you go, buddy. 
AEW star Brian Cage hasn't appeared on television since the October 8, 2021 edition of Rampage. Cage has remained active on the independent wrestling scene, <clears throat> but there's speculation about his contract not being renewed by AEW. Cage's wife, Melissa Santos, recently addressed his position with the company back in November 2021, and Max Caster even referenced Cage's contract during a freestyle promo at a wrestling event. In an update on Cage's status, it appears that he will be staying with the company. Fightful Select, <laughs> Fightful Select, noted the following regarding Cage, quote, Word made it around backstage at Wednesday's All Elite Wrestling Dynamite show that Brian Cage has been told, I mean, has told those close to him that AEW picked up his option year on his contract. Cage was said to have been surprised by this as he and virtually everyone on the All Elite Wrestling roster thought his deal would simply expire, end quote. Cage then commented on the report himself on Twitter saying, quote, hmm, not sure who I told all of this to, end quote. So Brian Cage, a little surprised there by that article, surprised by this report from Fightful. Uh, speaking of Fightful, a little editor's note here. Uh, earlier tonight on Twitter, it came to my attention, it was brought to my attention, that the main guy over at Fightful, Sean Ross Sapp, he's blocked the Ring Scoops Twitter account, and the reason for it was simply for liking a response to a tweet that he had put out. I I, I can't even remember exactly what the tweet was. I it, it wasn't ex- exactly flattering towards him. But he has blocked the Ring Scoops account. But you know what? Hey, that's cool, man. Everybody has the right to exercise who they block or unblock on social media. There's no law behind it. I'm not butthurt by it. It's something that was brought to my attention. And I just wanted to address that, let everybody out there know. Um, I've never had an interaction with Sean Ross Sapp, except for Thanksgiving Day. He had made a tweet about no DQCAW. Um, and reference saying something along the lines of, I remember no DQCAW having the Pillsbury Doughboy and beating up people and whatnot. And the only interaction I had was I had replied back to him, and I thanked him for the shout-out. I thanked him for the plug, paying homage and whatnot, the reference, right? And then I simply corrected him. I said, it wasn't no DQCAW that had the Pillsbury Doughboy. That was CWE. And, uh, you know, still appreciate the, the love, support, and the throwback and all, and whatnot. And, you know, he had replied back, and he was he was a little, uh, it was a little coomsy coomsa with it, right? Sean Ross Sapp replied back. It wasn't like a, you know, oh, okay, cool, my bad, or a, hey, super duper with a thumbs up. You know, I would have been all right with that. It was a little asinine, his reply back. But I left it at that, and I didn't care, I didn't care right? He gave a shout-out. He had wrong information. I corrected him. If anybody should know anything about fucking no DQCAW, it's me. I was the voice. Act, let me let me correct myself. I was the voices of no DQCAW. The webmaster Wade Needham. 
play-by-play commentary. Hey, Robert J. Spade, Bobby Spade doing the, the, the color commentary. Sometimes we do the commentary, uh, we record, uh, the way we record his track, I record mine separate. But, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, we, we would record it on the same track. We'd have a little conversation like that. Ain't that right, fat ass? Bobby, man, you always call me a fat ass, and it just, it really upsets me. Hey, look at this guy over here in the sun, a snowflake, he's melting. You know, we would do stuff like that, obviously. We would edit the pitch and whatnot for Bobby Spade. So, yeah, I did commentary for that, man. I was like the guy, you know. Aaron Riff, he was, uh, you know, the man behind it all. He put it all together. He booked it. He edited it. He distributed it. I did commentary as myself and the character Bobby Spade for many years. We were a team. So if there was anybody that knows anything about No DQCW, it's me. Me and Aaron. I simply corrected the guy. I mean, he put out wrong. He's a journalist, right? You would think a journalist would put out correct information. He calls himself a journalist. See, I don't, like, I could call myself a journalist. I have a degree in communications, mass media. I wrote for uh, the Coyote Chronicle. I have actually been published in many publications. I've been published in newspapers. I've been published in pamphlets and in little mini books and whatnot. I've had stuff actually published before. I could call myself a journalist. I've got I've got connections to some people that I could get some news for. Nothing on the level of say WWE or AEW, but I got connections. I could get news. I could do local wrestling news. I choose not to, and I choose not to exactly call myself a journalist. I'll call myself. I prefer podcaster, blogger, uh, maybe a broadcast journalist because I did a decade of play-by-play for local independent wrestling out here in SoCal and whatnot. But anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. Sean Ross Sapp, he blocked the Ring Scoops account. That's cool, man. You know, more power to you. You know, I hope your day is brightened up by not having to look at little old me on your timeline, even though I've never followed you and you have never followed me. But you go ahead and block the Ring Scoops account. That's fine. No sweat off my balls. You keep doing what you're going to do. I'm going to keep doing what I'm going to do. We never clashed until the no DQCAW comment. Maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe he didn't like to be corrected, even though he was in the wrong. You know, some of these journalists, they got very thin egos. And in the wrestling business, I don't care if you're in the media or not, one of the sayings that everybody always says is you got to have thick skin. And that goes both ways, man. If you're in the media, you got to have thick skin, bro. If you can't take someone correcting you, get the fuck out of here. You little fucking milky liquor. Okay, moving on. Cesaro. Being reported by Mike Johnson of PWInsider.com that Cesaro has quietly left the WWE following the expiration of his contract. Johnson noted that the, quote, two sides have been in negotiations but had not come to terms on a new agreement, end quote. Oh, and look, Sappy Boy's back. Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com confirmed Johnson's report. Like, Mike Johnson needs him to fucking confirm this shit, right? Fucking Mike Johnson's been doing this shit since before Sean Ross Sapp was a twinkle in his dad's fucking eye. Anyway, 
He wrote that Cesaro rejected an offer that WWE made him. According to Sapp, Cesaro had signed a one-year extension in 2021. Because of his deal expiring, there is no 90-day no-compete clause, and Cesaro is free to be working for any wrestling promotion. Cesaro has been with the WWE since 2011, and people within the company were said to have reached, uh, reacted to his departure with disappointment and dismay. Cesaro's last television appearance was in a losing effort to Happy Corbin on the February 11th, 2022 edition of SmackDown. I want to pull up a tweet real quick. My buddy Aaron Rift over at NoDQ.com had uh, put up a tweet asking for people to comment on um, Cesaro's departure. Here's what I had to say. I'll, I'll just, you know, instead of reiterate, I'll just read directly what my quote was, my response. I think I'll just, uh, it's funny because Riff, <laughs> he asked people, leave your comments on this link. And it's like, dude, you, you just post it on social media. Just have people reply to that. So that's what I said. I think I'll just reply to this tweet with my thoughts instead. Anyway, I look forward to seeing what Cesaro can bring to another organization. His run in WWE, while wasn't the rise to the top the majority wanted, it wasn't too bad. He accomplished more than a lot of us could ever dream of. And I I still stand by that. I was talking to my buddy, the DA, earlier, and I said, dude, let's let's take somebody that is well-received, somebody that's well-respected, that people say is an absolute legend. He's a Hall of Famer. They say his run in the WWE was, like, damn near perfect. The one and only thing he didn't get was a world title. Now, you could probably describe... Cesaro that way. Now a lot of people probably won't because they don't like to, you know, they, oh, he was misused, uh, missed opportunities, he was wasted, you know, stuff like that. They'll say that about him. I think there were a lot of moments, yes, where they missed the boat. But you compare Cesaro to a guy like Scott Hall. Scott Hall never reached the top. Scott Hall never got that world title in WWE or even WCW. Scott Hall never reached the top. He was never world champion in these two major organizations. And the same thing can be said for Cesaro. He had tag titles. He had mid-card titles. He won the first Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Whether you think that's prestigious or not, that's a whole different argument. But he won the first one. When there was actual hype behind it, when people believed in it, when they were going to do something with it, they put Paul Heyman with him for a short period of time. That right there is another uh, metric as to what they were going to do with him, how they saw him at that time, to put the guy like Paul Heyman with him. In the same night that Paul Heyman's other guy ended the streak of The Undertaker. Okay? Cesaro, yeah, all right. He was never a, a, a consistent main eventer. He had like one main event match per year, if that. He had a lot of mid-card runs. Intercontinental Championship, United States Championship, Tag Team Championship. 
He was in a hell of a tag team with Sheamus. He reinvented Sheamus's career. He made him tolerable. He made him a little bit more relevant. That's what Cesaro did. Early days of NXT, Cesaro went over there to NXT. He gave NXT some time. He gave NXT a shine. He worked with Sami Zayn. He helped transition Sami Zayn from being looked at as El Generico to being Sami Zayn. He took him to WWE production finishing school, if you will. Cesaro was paired with Tyson Kidd. They got over. Unfortunately, Tyson Kidd got injured. He had to retire. But Cesaro and Tyson Kidd were over. The bar was over when the brand split first started. Cesaro and Sheamus fighting over who was going to be the number one contender. Mick Foley put them together as a tag team. The tag team lasted for years. They got a name. They got an entrance. They got a gimmick. They got a hell of a run as a tag team with tag team championship. They had longevity together. Cesaro did everything that they asked him to do. He knocked it out of the ballpark. This guy never fumbled anything they gave to him. He never failed anybody. Of course, it was the machine. I will admit that. I'm not saying that WWE is perfect or innocent in this whole thing. They're not. Cesaro did everything they asked. They just weren't confident for some freaking reason to say, we're going to give you even a four-month world title run just to say you had one. If they would have just gave him the opportunity, the same opportunity even for a short period of time, if they would have just gave him that opportunity, the same one that they gave to a guy like Kofi Kingston or Big E or Jinder Mahal, I don't think that we would have, be having the same conversation right now about Cesaro's run. Unfortunately, he never won a world title. Unfortunately, you can count on probably both hands in 11 years the times that were perfect to push them, and they never did. But I will argue until I'm blue in the face, argue the fact he was not completely wasted. Keyword, completely. You know who was completely wasted? Killer Cross. You know who else was completely wasted? Keith Lee. EC3. We'll get into all these guys a little later. Those guys, they were wasted. And they were completely wasted. Cesaro is not in that conversation. Not in my book. Nope. Not in my book. All right. Moving on to our final thing here. Wow, 28 minutes. I honestly, I, I say this every show. I didn't think I was going to go this long, but we are. We are. Go on the distance, which was a no DQ CAW event name, by the way. Joint event name with my CW League Slam and Jam back in 2005. More, more little no DQ CAW trivia for you guys. Okay. I've never called this guy by his real name, so if I mispronounce his name, I apologize. But Adam Shear, Adam Shear, you know, Braun Strowman, pretty much, right? So Adam Shear and EC3 
are launching their own wrestling promotion named CYN, Control Your Narrative. In addition to Killer Cross being part of the group, former WWE star Austin Aries, I like how in this article they refer to him as the former WWE star, he definitely made his name more so outside of WWE than he ever did in WWE, but I, you know, Ring of Honor and Impact, right? Among other places, PWG and all that stuff too, right? Anyway, um, Austin Aries has been announced that he will be joining the promotion. Here's what Aries had to say on Twitter. Quote, You don't get to force your truths onto me. You don't know me. You don't define me. You don't color my perception. You don't create my reality. And you certainly don't control my narrative. Only I do. On March 5th, my story begins. Hashtag control your narrative. Hashtag CYN. End quote. The promotion's official website has the following mission statement. Control your narrative has found its purpose and is proud to announce Awakening Live, a series of live events featuring combative professional wrestling action and the real stories of those who choose to fight. Headlined by the Titan, Adam Shear, EC3, the newly recruited Killer Cross, and other top names in the field of sports and entertainment. CYN Awakening Live is a live event under the guise of a traditional wrestling show that will be everything but traditional. CYN Awakening Live will offer a unique, interactive experience where fans can not only meet and greet their favorite stars, but watch them do what these world-class competitors do best. It's it's an interesting concept. It's a very, very interesting concept. Based off of that description, my interpretation of this is going to be like a mix between, like, you know, a wrestling show and, say, a one-man show where, you know, like a one-man show, you go in there and it's like, you know, you get a spotlight on a, on a, on a bar stool on an empty stage, the person sits there and they just tell a story. Or, you know, if you've seen um, uh, An Evening with Kevin Smith like 20 years ago when they got released, right? Where Kevin Smith went to these different college campuses. It's like a one-man, I, I want to say symposium because that's like more than like five people, but, you know, it's, it's a speech, right? It's a, you know, it's a speech. Um, and he tells stories. They do a Q&A and all that kind of stuff. That's what I'm imagining. I just imagine like, I imagine... Fans are going to go into whatever venue they have. They're going to have a wrestling ring set up. Maybe have you know a, a chair in the ring. The wrestler is going to come out with his entrance and music. He's the pyro and ballyhoo. He's going to slap hands. He's going to get all stuff. He's going to get in the ring. He's going to sit down or maybe even walk around the ring. And he's not going to cut like a traditional wrestling promo, but maybe he'll tell like a story or two. You know, he'll be like, hey, you know, online I read, uh, well, I got released and uh, the rumors were, you know, I was hard to work with. Well, let me tell you a story about how I work with this talent. And he tells a story or something like that. And then like the next guy comes out, he does the same thing. And then, you know, somebody gets in the ring and says, all right, now you've heard from both these men, and now tonight we're going to have the match in this corner so-and-so, this corner so-and-so, ring the bell, boom, and then ding, ding, you you got a match between two guys. And, you know, you could do something like that. You know, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. 
it's just a thought, just based off this, this, this description. That's that's what popped into my head when I read that. Uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of backlash already on this whole thing too, right? I guess you know some people I guess have turned on Killer Cross I guess for some of his political beliefs, and uh, of course <laughs> well documented what everybody thinks of Austin Aries, and for uh, you know some of the people that don't like Killer Cross in recent memory because of some of that stuff there they don't like the idea of him being part of this. Um, a lot of people already don't like, you know, Braun Strowman's comments, you know, from a few years back when the pandemic started and whatnot. Austin Aries definitely, you know, he's nuclear, man. He's he's nuclear. EC3, I don't know. But it's interesting. There's a new promotion. That's exciting. It's a concept, you know, from the description that sounds like it could be promising. It's interesting on paper. I'm going to try to keep an open mind to this and see what it's like when they launch because I don't want to just downplay it and then it comes out and it's something that's totally opposite of what we all think and it actually turns out very well because then we got to eat our words and I don't I don't know about you guys I don't like doing that so I'll just wait until it happens and then I'll review it I'm not going to give my thoughts on it from a preview I'm going to give my thoughts on it from a review if that makes any sense all right, well, anyway, that's it for this edition of the Ring Scoops podcast. I appreciate your attentiveness. I appreciate if you made it this long. Thank you so much for the support. I really appreciate it. Um, don't forget to follow Ring Scoops on social media, unless, of course, you've blocked us. Then you've shown that you don't want to follow us on, on social media. That's very apparent. That's fine. That's cool, too. You exercise your right. I've blocked people. People have blocked me. I've blocked you. You blocked me. That's fine, you know? We don't have to give a reason. It doesn't fucking matter. It's social media. It's social, It's online. It's cool. You know? Um, it's Sometimes it gets confusing. Sometimes it gets a little frustrating. Sometimes it's a little, uh, you know, wondering, uh, okay, I don't know why that happened, but, oh, yeah, fucking, uh. Anyway, Social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Twitch, all that stuff, at Ringscoops. Um, we got the, the VR Chat Arena over on ringscoops.com. We got the merchandise, shop.ringscoops.com, all the t-shirts, the masks, the pillows, all that good stuff. So check that out. Um, we're going to be doing a, a live cooking stream on Tuesday, March 8th at 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern. So tune in for that on twitch.tv slash ringscoops. You get all the links to all this stuff over at ringscoops.com. You go to the site. we got four big buttons there. We got a, And then a banner ad for Cinema Flare. Then we got the social links at the very bottom. we got the podcast. we got the VR chat. we got the card game. Don't forget about the card game. And uh, we got the shop. So, check that out, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh, yeah. All right. Until next time, I'm that Ring Scoops guy saying thank you, good night, and be cool. I got a question for all you animals out there. Are you ready? Well, you better buckle up because it's time for the show, ladies and gentlemen. Straight out of your sister's bedroom and your girlfriend's favorite podcast. Without further ado, it's the Ring Scoops Podcast with your host, Wade Needham.
question for all you animals out there. Are you ready? Well, you better buckle up because it's time for the show, ladies and gentlemen. Straight out of your sister's bedroom. It's your girlfriend's favorite podcast. Without further ado, it's the Wing Scoops Podcast with your host, Wee Leon. Without further ado, it's the Wing Scoops Podcast with your host, Wee 